California's population growth is the slowest in recorded history, California's vaccine poverty puzzle, and gaming the system, how Uber and Lyft face a driver reckoning in California. That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. This is the California Streaming Podcast with your hosts, Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're three conservative California natives putting ridiculous state and local politics on blast. So hop on our magic bullet train to nowhere and let's talk some California politics. Ooh, we got a show. Yeah, we do. We're back here at uh, Backhouse Media Studios. Ready for biz. Took a... Took a week off. Took a week off. It's been challenging. Lots of things going on. Summertime's approaching. We had to take a break, but the California political scene and the Fed political scene did not take a break. Running running away. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I wanted to get your take uh, about that Morehouse. Uh, yeah, the, the gentleman, the who, gentleman who, who was yeah, gave, gave tuition, basically, everyone who was graduating as a senior who had student debt. Who had student debt. He, yeah. he canceled it, right? Exactly. He, he zeroed it. He's going to create some kind of grant. Okay. I want that. Right. I want to have my student debt absolved. But what about all those who didn't graduate? <laughs> eh, Do you, you guys watch The Office. Remember, remember um, Scott's Tots? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where he offered tuition to uh, every high school senior, but he couldn't pay it. Exactly. It was awesome. Is that what's going to happen here? I think this uh, guy can foot the bill. No, yeah. He's a billionaire. He can do it. But, but, weren't, but weren't there people who came out like upset because why these seniors... Like the AOCs of the world, I think, right. were a little ticked. Were they not? Just a little bit. It's weird. How, how many people is he financing? It's a good question. Uh, I don't know what the graduating class was. I took a look at just kind of the crowd side. It seemed like it was probably in the couple hundred people. Uh, did I hear a number like 30 million or something? Of wow. Worth it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. All, I, yeah. all four years? Whatever debt they had, like, gone. Man. Yeah. Must be nice. I know. <laughs> to just luck into that. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't come down on things. You know how like if you, <laughs> there was a lot of like if you paid somebody's meter, their parking meter, oh, I they remember were coming those. down that's, on you. That's right. It's like they needed you to feel to feel the pain. Which is a funny concept, right? I mean, it kind of goes back to the mentality of charity and who should be performing the charity, right? right. And it, to me it's it's hard not to see how that's just another small example of especially the ultra-left being upset when private charity, in this case, that's what this guy did, right? Right. He, just a businessman right. said, I want to cover your debts. Private charity coming in and helping people. And they're saying, oh, no, 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 you're missing the point. You, We need to be that stopgap. You need us to stand there for right. you and help yeah. you. Yeah, that's why AOC is upset. Exactly. Yeah, that's why. Whatever. Well, Whatever. And the government's probably going to get theirs, right? Because it'd be considered income. Uh-huh. Of course. Well, yeah, course. that's what they don't see. Like Elizabeth right. Warren had the same the the guaranteed uh, payment. Uh, you get money. You've earned income, right? Therefore, you must pay it. Well, that's great, but now you have to pay it this year. You have to pay it on this year's taxes. Mm. Depends on how much we're writing off here, baby. You're gonna end up with a bill from Uncle Sam, and if you can't pay it, those penalties are pretty stiff. Which was always a crazy concept to me that if if I wanted to write a check to get rid of your student loan debt, mm-hmm. John, mm-hmm. it gets charged as income to you. 
right. then you get taxed on it. <laughs> you couldn't pay the say sixty grand in student loan debt, but you'll have to pay tax on sixty grand additional income. Like you've got that lying around too. It's another one of those deals that just if you step back and think about it, it makes you look at the tax code, right? For the incentives or disincentives that it that it has embedded within it. It's just in it, you know. Oh, absolutely. Super, yeah. super interesting. And then what else came about? Uh, abortion banning? Well, restrictions in oh boy. Louisiana? Uh, Georgia. Georgia. Right? Yeah. And the Georgia one. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure you guys saw this these comparisons, but it's so classic. Disney. Yeah, right? they came right. out. We've, we've talked about this on the show, right? Because you've talked about movie studios, movie sets, a lot of them moving to Georgia. Well, now they're going to have a problem with that. Yet they go all the time and filled in, film in Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, oh, cool. countries that you want to talk about. Uh, hey, we're pushing down. We're pushing abortion. for Sharia law around here. Okay, so don't speak negative about the Muslims. It's back to the classic conundrum of the liberal mentality twisting themselves in the knots. They 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 can't figure out within the same issue how things line up. Well, you see that all the time with. Um, the LGBT organizations coming together with like the Muslim organizations oh. and things for they, exactly. They share the persecution right in America, but in their native countries, literally <laughs> gay people are killed. Right. This just happened with o- Omar, the, the rep, right? Right. Where she right. was, she, she came out with some positive uh, LBGTQ message on Twitter or, or shaming someone who was suggesting otherwise. And then the first response back to her was, uh, how do you square this with the, the countries that are predominantly Muslim? And you're seeing it in sports now too, right? We've gotten this conundrum where biological males are competing oh, in geez. female sports. Setting records. Like Setting records. <laughs> broken. Uh, Ten-year uh, record broken in one day. I don't yeah. know how it happened. It's just right. man, all the training. I feel really sorry for, for girls, man. I mean, when you're competing totally. for scholarship money and all sorts of things and you're having to run against some dude in track. And... Like, Look, I don't care what people people are going to think. I'm being super insensitive. I don't really care. Am I the only one who sits there and would I would love to talk to this guy who who is now competing on women's teams and go, okay, dude, let's right. let's let's just you and me. You know what you're doing here, right? Like, is this just to get the records or like what's the deal? But, here? but he looks at you and goes. I'm not going to say this, wink, yeah. wink, <laughs> right. but I've got myself a free ride here. Exactly. And, uh, you know what? Forget it. Am I'm I the sorry. only one who wants to like really know? I that would answer? actually respect the guy who's like, "Yeah, I'm just trying to exactly the system. more it, than I would the person who's totally. like, "No, I'm a woman and I want to compete." Totally. <laughs> but I, but I still want to know that. Like, just level with me here. Yeah, just give it to me straight. <laughs> but I, oh one, man, one more for you. Uh, Joe Biden got caught another time on camera putting his hands. On a ten-year-old girl, the ten-year-old. That's we right. talked and about said, this a while ago. You're looking good. We talked oh, about how the issue wasn't going to be the women; it was going to be the children, mm. and more of these instances were going to come out. Okay, Bobby, we have not looped back on now. Okay, Biden's lead is pretty decent mm-hmm. now, right? Where does he play into the mafia mentality and messaging at um, this point in time? So. The Dem Mafia, for those of you um, who, who <laughs> haven't caught up on previous episodes. We've been talking about the fact that all of these Dem candidates are falling or being supported based on what the Dem you know, it, godfathers it, would have. We're going to have a the Democrat uh, convention pretty soon, and 
he's not even going to bother to show up. He's not going to be there. What? He's not going to show up. Wait, wait, wait. Show up to... The Democrat Party convention in California. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Okay. He's not even going to bother to show up. And why? Because he knows he has it locked down. He doesn't even have to try. There's only downside, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's only downside. Some of the... There's a lot of people who are a lot more radical in the Democrat Party nowadays. But really, he's got this thing locked down. He's got politicians locked down. They're going to promote him. It, it's all a matter of who you know. The celebs are... Well, a lot of the celebs are on his, on his train, are they not? Sure, there's a lot of celebrities, but more importantly are the politicians. Mm. And, and if you get the politicians, the celebrities that promote those politicians will probably be on board as well. Like, mm. he's not... He himself is not very popular. I mean, this guy had to stop running for president because of the plagiarism accusations back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's how bad it was. And yet he became vice president because he knew people. He can guarantee votes. True. And here he is running in a, running for president the third time. And what is it that he has said that would convince anybody to vote for him? That he's not Donald Trump. Right. That he's not Trump. Well, guess what? Every single one of those guys says they're not Trump. Right. He's the one establishment. Yep. Yep. Right. So if you don't like the new wave and you want to go establishment Democrat, Hillary like, he, he, yeah, he's your guy. Yeah. Big More time. of the same. Big time. I mean, you see, it, there's a lot of photos out there. Like uh, they they show the the members, uh, people at his rallies. They're all AARP support, yeah. you know, members. Right. Right. That's right. <laughs> like. Let's get back to the good times. Which is funny, right? Because those are the same people that hate the MAGA message. Because that's calling right. out America that that's racist. Right. These people, they want their version. Yeah. They want their MAGA version. Exactly. Whatever it is. Classic. So that's where Joe's at. Before we jump in real quick, yeah. we did get a listener email. Mm. Um, he that's was upset right. with us. That's right. I say, yeah, <laughs> I did see that. The hate mail has already started. Nice. Well, that was back on our episode about uh, yeah. plastic bag ban. That's right. And I had made a comment that I didn't think it was uh, healthy. Right. Or, um, that's right. Depending on what you're going to put into the right. bag, to take there's the, a sanitary issue. Right. The sanitation of putting raw meat in the bag and then reusing that bag at a later date. Yep. And I said, I throw the bags away. Yep. And he said that I was being very wasteful to the environment. Because you should wash them? No. He, he thought we were talking about... Like plastic so. leaching chemicals into the food. Oh no! And he goes, basically said, "You guys are stupid." He challenged no. our education yeah, level, right? Yeah, because no. the the meat comes packaged in plastic. R- r- I right. go, well, the the, no, the no. issue r- wasn't r- the plastic <laughs> leaching into the meat; it was the no. meat leaching into the plastic. It's like BPA free uh, packaging yeah. or something. So, just to clarify, I don't like raw meat juice. Exactly, in my plastic bags. that that has time to be out in room temp festering right. till the next time I get to go to the store. To put veggies in that bag. Exactly. I'm not feeling that. So there's the clarification. Yeah. First topic. Oh, this one comes to us from calmatters.org. It was an editorial. California's vaccine poverty puzzle. California, as we all should know by now, has the nation's highest rate of poverty as measured by the Census Bureau's supplemental and most accurate methodology. The primary reason is California's horrendously high cost of living, particularly for housing, that overwhelms the relatively meager incomes of millions of California families. Even more troubling is a calculation by the Public Policy Institute of California using similar methodology that another 20% of Californians are living in near poverty. 
Thus, about 40% of the state's population, 16 million of us, are in deep financial distress. So. Amazing. I, I think for any of us living in California, mm-hmm. there's no doubt that there's a major poverty problem. Yep. There are homeless everywhere. Everywhere. I'm going to throw a statistic right at you right at the gate. Drop stat. 16%. That's how much homelessness has grown in the city of Los Angeles year over year. That's crazy. Each year. That's crazy. From last year. Oh, 16%. From 18 to 19. From that, 2018 exactly. to 2019. So there was, it's, it's not true, but let's say a million, home, 100,000 homeless, there's now 116,000. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, the real, trying to get a real number on of course, all that's, these people, that's right. that's given tricky. the fact that they're so mobile and they're unwilling to participate in surveys, of course, because sure. duh. Sure. Yeah, you got yourself a real dilemma there and a real problem. And they're they're causing a lot of angst and issues, and we're seeing, you know, medieval uh, diseases that have been occurring in the city. Measles, back uh, baby, and and, and granted, there's this been was cases a, of bubonic that's plague, exactly, man. Exactly, it's I like was the just, Oregon Trail. I was just reading an article about uh, someone sent me about the rat infestation that's now making its way towards downtown Los Angeles. It was part of an article that was that was um, basically pushing back on uh, the surprise that city council or, or or people in downtown LA are having or trying to feign surprise about the about rats being a problem, et cetera. But nonetheless, I mean, we're talking back to like things you read about in the days of the bubonic plague. So, what is the issue, right? Why why do we have the homeless problem we have? Is it is it is it a lack of inventory on housing? Or is it a lack of money to get in said housing? Like, so, is it a, simp- is a, mm, a simple supply and demand curve issue? Or uh, Yes. How, how, however, creating these new homes has been a very big problem in every single city across the state. It, you try to build something, and all of a sudden the city throws down multiple levels of regulation, Right. Not also including the levels of just the the people who live there who don't want these new constructions built because they're afraid of losing their equity because they're afraid property values will go down given with more supply. Right. Supply and demand. And you see a lot of these homeowners come out and say, We don't want more homes. They will right. literally come out and say, We don't want this. I've got mine now. Yeah. So you need to just Well, there's a lot deal. of NIMBY too. Of course. Exactly. Their NIMBYism is huge with it all. Of course. So there's a there's a lot of factors coming into this. I mean, you see what we were talking about Venice not too long ago. They didn't want to build new new tenements, right? Uh, yeah, why? We don't want our city to grow anymore. We like it the way it is, the sleepy little town that it should have been, and we don't want it to become a gigantic metropolis like say New York. We don't want you know to be squeezed in living in high rises and taking subways everywhere and no cars. That's that's agenda 21 stuff. That's what Yeah. That's what that's right. the liberals want. They want us all living in mega cities. New York, Hong Kong, you know, definable, controllable, mm-hmm. those sorts of environments. Yes. On the grid. Right. Right. That's right. I think what's make what's made it kind of difficult too and it, it's like kind of a tangent but I believe it's all related. You know, when you do live in your little town, 
a lot of these towns, the the whole slogans become shop local. Oh, you know, right. keep yeah. the money in house, and but with the the mega the mega shops like you know whether it's Walmart online or the Amazons or whatever Costco, you can't compete as a local no. as a local business entity. You can't compete with these mega warehouses, and so people don't shop local, right? And then they close up, and then you do have to leave the town to go get things, even if it's just day to day items. And you got to have a disposable income to right. shop at some of these places to begin with which in a state like ours is getting harder to come by. I heard a stat today on the radio, and I don't have a source for it. Um, I know that's not great. But it was something like 65% of Americans wouldn't be able to produce I, I saw that. a $400 uh, spur-of-the-moment expenditure. Mm-hmm. That's right. I, I, that's I, actually an improvement. Despite you going like, oh, that's terrible. It's actually an improvement. Because most, most people, I believe the statistic was somewhere in the 80%. It's actually a stat that's part of a segment that I'm going to be covering in a future episode. Oh, gotcha. No, 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 but you're exactly right. Um, When you start to put numbers, and it kind of crosses across different, it goes across different demographics and age groups. But when you really start to dive in, and especially I think in a state like ours, and look at actual liquidity, uh, cash that people have on hand to use, it's, it's not good. I think what was crazy was when I heard the stat on the radio, they said not just liquid, but credit cards too. Right. Like if you can't produce four hundred bucks on a credit card because you don't have room left. Either yeah, you don't have, or you don't qual for right. a card. Right. Right. I, I thought that was. I get okay if you don't have four hundred dollars cash. Right. But or if you can't find a credit card to throw it on, some source to produce and cover a four hundred dollar expense. Right. Today. Exactly. One of the bigger issues I think is we've got a lot of billionaires yeah. in this state. Yeah. Uh, Silicon Valley has made many, many rich people, and they have, and I always feel that, this is me speaking, I always feel that they neglect moving their operations to a different location. You know, take the jobs where they're needed the most. Okay, but I'm going to play a little devil's advocate. No, no, did did you have a secondary point? No, I mean... We, we've we've been creating the jobs here, yep. which is great. Yep. It was great for California, but yep. the problem is, is we don't have the housing for all these workers c- causing a secondary effect. Whereas where we used to be is an industrial nation where we used to have lots of jobs spread out pretty evenly across the country. So when we start congregating just in the mm. state... We're having the issues that we're having now. You're saying it's a it's a concentration problem of jobs. Mm-hmm. That there's, for example, Silicon Valley. Yes, there's way too many high paying jobs in too small a square footage. Exactly. And so, what are they what are they doing? They're competing over the best homes. Yeah. They they're not investing in lower income homes. Be that they have a little bit of a problem with investing in smaller homes because the government creates its own issues and yes. we've, we've gone through that laundry list a long time ago right so i don't see why moving certain jobs out of the uh, out of the area would be such a bad idea well on one hand you'd think that it would be appealing it would be attractive to a workforce right I, I that think they could attract they could attract uh talent if you're if you're offering that uh, a much better yeah. cost of living and lifestyle. I mean, for that people talent. will go where the jobs are at. It's true. You start to see these towns in Montana, but Bozeman, right? It's almost is having a little bit of a, like a tech boom. 
Well, the other thing I think you have to keep in mind when it comes to Silicon Valley is how many people are on H-1B visas. Right. Right, which is the visa you get for temporary work and specialty occupations. So a lot of those coders and everybody else that are working for, yeah, for the Facebooks and the Googles uh, and the Hoolies, they're on H-1Bs, <laughs> right? And so how much of that money actually stays here mm. as opposed, you know, it it's pretty common for... Uh, immigrants to send money back home. I mean, that's yeah. wh- that's why they're here too. Tariff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. But I, that that's become that's become actually a big issue for mm-hmm. Silicon Valley is the amount of immigrant workforce they bring in. It's hard to also think. I mean, it's a great point you're making about concentration of jobs, mm-hmm. right? But also <clears throat> jobs in general, right? I mean, yes, we're talking about a housing issue, but. It, but it's like an intermix of the housing price can come down probably because of supply, I would argue, but also people, the average, the median person's ability in this state with such a high poverty level that we have to be able to afford a home. You got to be able you got to attract business. You, you just go down to the Long Beach airport and you look around at the hangars of what used to be built in Southern California. Aerospace well, you look industry. At Burbank. There you go. Yeah. You know, same difference. Skunk works and everything else. That's right. Um, it's a disaster. And I, I get it. We still have the Silicon Valleys. We still have some tech in the San Diego area and LA area. But you talk about spread of geography, but also spread of job types, spread of incomes, right? Everything from minimum wage, which we obviously still have in the state and we're ratcheting it up, what seems to be donut hole, and then high paying tech coding jobs. Well, and I got something that dovetails into that. So UC Riverside Center for Economic Forecasting and Development, they studied recent increases in the minimum wage at the, basically, uh, the California Restaurant Association, one of them looking at this, because they, yeah. yeah. they weren't for the minimum wage hikes. Yeah. And they concluded that it has, a mark, it has marketedly slowed job growth in that industry. Get out of huh. here. Imagine that. But I got to think about that one for a second. Forcing people to pay their employees more causes them to slow the hiring of those right. employees. So uh, huh. the report concluded, data analysis suggests that while the restaurant industry in California has grown significantly as the minimum wage has increased, employment in the industry has grown more slowly than it would have without minimum wage hikes. The slower employment is nevertheless real for those workers who may have found a career in the industry. And when the next recession arrives, the higher real minimum wage could increase overall job losses within the economy and lead to a higher unemployment rate that would have been the case without the minimum wage increases. Jeez. This isn't an opinion. This is a research (laughs) institution (laughs) looking at this and saying, yeah, okay. So the restaurant industry grew, but the amount of labor didn't. I think that's code for there's been way more automation to a lot of this stuff too. I've mentioned it before. The McDonald's that's closest to where I live it basically looks like a television showroom. Now you walk up and you order your stuff on TV screens and you're on your way. I got an automatic dishwasher. I don't need to pay <laughs> some kid $15 an hour to do that. Another quote from the study said that uh, it was the center's director, actually Christopher Thornburg said minimum wage increases are creating certain negative consequences for smaller businesses and people who need the most help rising out of poverty. So, boy, I 
I think we're really remiss if we don't think that a bunch of government regulation, whether it's in housing or minimum wage or whatever, is contributing to this problem. To that point, and I'll dovetail onto that point, you look at the cost of living index, and and this actually matches because I also looked at poverty rates. Um, but you look at the cost of living index, which is probably not terribly, or it's probably decently correlated, right, right to poverty and, and ability to obviously to afford. I'm going to start with the worst and go up. So I'll start with the worst state and then work up five, six, seven spots before you get to it. So what does worst mean? Just to define highest it? cost of living. Highest index. cost. It's, of living. it's the gotcha. most expensive for, and we could argue all the factors that go into that, right. but I think this is going to become pretty clear. Okay. The worst, Hawaii. Mm. Granted, Everything's isolated. Everything's an import. Okay, yeah. fair. But it does happen to be a pretty blue state. District of Columbia, mm. California, New York, Massachusetts, Maryland, Oregon. Then you get to the first quasi-red state, Alaska, which is also an import issue. Right, yeah. right. Totally. So you've got a good six or seven, 48, in the contiguous 48, solid blue states and they're at the very bottom they're at the they're the highest cost of living index spread across the country so it's not like it's a it's right. a west coast thing now you can't no. tell me i don't i mean it's i know it's a dynamic integrated problem here but this should not be lost on people that these happen to be extremely blue states wait they're all blue wait a minute here. <laughs> wait a minute here. i know he tricked us I know. You tricky guy, you. I swear. Unbelievable. All right. I think it's time for some devil's advocate. Is it really? I think so. Okay. Do that to us. Boo. Okay. So it's Rochambeau. That's me and you. To figure out. John and Bobby. Oh, Ty. Oh, John won that one. John won that one. All right, John, you pick it, man. Okay. But that was exciting for all our listeners, yes. (laughs) I got to hear the question. Here we go. So for this segment, Crossfire, I'm going to pose a question to these clowns. Whoever gets to go first gets to pick which side they want to take on it. And that's me. That's John. John. And whoever is second has to take the other position, whether they agree or not. Tricky. Tricky. Oh, which one to give you? Lay it on us, brother. So, the NBA might nix the term owner from its vocabulary so as to avoid the suggestion of racial insensitivity. (laughs) TMZ Sports states that two franchises have already made the switch, referring to their majority shareholders by other names. Uh, Steve Ballmer from the Clippers is a CEO, and the 76ers uh, use the term limited partners. This spans from an episode of LeBron James's HBO show, The Shop, in which Golden State Warriors star Draymond Green appeared to take offense to the term owner, saying it fosters a slave-to-master relationship. So, do you think that the term owner, when you own a sports franchise or a sports team, establishes a slave-to-master relationship? And you have one minute. Absolutely not. What a joke. I think even Cuban talked about this because I remember him getting some pushback maybe a couple years ago as the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. I think you mentioned it in in the, the portion that you were reading there. You even said CEO. I think that touches on an excellent point in that it's a business relationship and they happen to own 
let's say most of them are probably 100% owners in shares of the company that owns the team. You're talking about an ownership of shares as in a business. We talk about that all the time. Everyone has a stock account. People own shares of Microsoft. I no less own a worker at Amazon by me owning shares in Amazon than these people own the players. The players are welcome to do what they want. If they want to negotiate to leave a team, they can. Last time I checked, the the sort of... Uh, yeah, I'll well, cut it there. We established John as a racist. Bingo. Your turn, Bobby. Here we go. Start the clock. Of course this would be the position from the show's only white man. Thank you. Look at this biscuit boy. Of <laughs> course you. you took this position. Now let me show you what what we're talking about here. The NBA, the National Basketball Association, comprised mainly of African Americans. True. How dare you, sir? Where is your sensitivity? Don't you know what happened in this country before you were even alive? Before any of these people suffered at the hands of what the black man suffered many years ago? Where's your sensitivity? Do you know what owner means? Means property, okay? Property. Think about it. Stay woke. I'm sorry. I'm distracted. I'm 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 looking up re-education camps I can attend here locally because Bobby has shown me. The Bobby, that, of my that wasn't ways. bad. It wasn't bad. You're wrong, but it wasn't bad. <laughs> I I don't think people realize. Well, Draymond Green clearly doesn't shot. realize of this. No, of course. No, oh my God. that was pretty good. I'm it was it was pretty. A lot of a lot of energy. A lot, you you, yeah. you brought some good. You stuff You couldn't there. hear it, but John ducked under the table because he was just laughing so damn hard. He is our only white male who is and, not woke. And pretty white. I mean, yeah. I mean, we call you Biscuit. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, owner refers to owning a company. Thank not you. Not a person. Thank you. I mean, there's like, anyone who has a stock account, you own a part of Microsoft, Walmart, Amazon. Right. If you own an index fund, let's Ridiculous. say. Ridiculous. You own their contract. And thus <laughs> right. for, you right. own where they are allowed to work. It would be like any business. If you work for anybody, no, you're you own the business lo- I work stop for. Trying it's, to put logic behind it's, it. It's 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 more so irrational. It's more stop virtue it. signaling. Oh, that's all. I mean, that's terrible. all. Terrible. Please give me the next damn virtue signaling. It was a good one. That was a good one. I'm proud of you guys. Thank you. All right, now I got to get my notes in in line here. Mm. We got more. This is definitely another interesting California story. So I think you got tie, um, yep teed up here, right? Population growth or lack thereof. California's population growth is the slowest in recorded history. Our, well, our homeless are going up and our population is going down. So No, no worries. Trump is going to bring all those uh, individuals seeking asylum to our fair state. With their babies. With their Gentlemen, babies. this sounds like a recipe for success. Here we go. In this state. Homeless this- up, growth down. And, and money down. Perfect. Money out the window. Perfect. This comes from the LA Times. California's 2018 population growth was the slowest in state history. New demographic data shows underscoring shifting immigration patterns, declining birth rates, and economic strains that are making it harder for some to afford living here. Huh. Hmm. The state added 186,000 residents last year. I'm going to round here. Bringing the estimated total population to th- about 40 million as wow. of Jan 1. Wow. 
the Department of Finance on uh, let's see stated that the overall growth rate slipped by 0.4% last year from 0.78 in 2017, the slowest since data collection started in 1900. Department spokesman H.D. Palmer said, uh, birth in the states, births in the state were down by more than 18,000 compared with the previous year. That's an inter- very interesting stat right there. Mm, it is. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, what do you think? Certain people believe in condoms and others don't. I don't know. Uh, well, I think, is it, is it I, just... I think that's probably a portion of it. Like, I think just birth control is up. Yes. And abortion is probably up. I, I, yes. Hey, Gavin Newsom's asking dude, people to that's come a over. Whole, dude, that, I'm sorry, but that was just disgusting. I yeah. Mean, that's a whole separate deal. One-stop shop right over here. Come on over. But I do think that trend is true nationally, right? People are getting... People are entering into relationships, getting married later in life. And just in general, they're having less kids. This is Jordan Peterson talks about this deal. And uh, when it comes to women in the workplace Mm -hmm. and women going into professional jobs, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying this to be demeaning, it's just kind of the factual instance of it. It actually has a negative effect on population growth. Why wouldn't it? Right. Correct. Because then now, you know, you go to university and then you go and get a graduate degree or a doctorate or an MD or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now you're looking at finally having a family somewhere in your 30s. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only that, but when women go to school and they get educated, they need a man that can keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Guys can screw around for forever. Totally. Women. And boy, do we. <laughs> yeah, we do. And women don't have that luxury because they do have a time clock for which they can have kids. And so then now you're looking at having kids somewhere in your 30s, and you also have to find a guy that you want to have kids with and that you can tolerate and somebody that can keep up with you. So at that point, you're in a position to have, like, one kid, and you're not having, like, man, when my right. parents were kids right. in the 60s, every family had a ton of kids. Yeah. I mean, my parents are both, both have three siblings. You know? I noticed love wasn't one of your criteria for marriage, but that's okay. It's you just know? a legally binding contract. <laughs> legally binding. <laughs> I, I remember uh, an old uh, Paul Rodriguez joke, and it, he goes, "Hey, Grandma, how come you had so many kids?" And she responds, "Well, I didn't think he'd all survive. <laughs> it's it's just a way that." Things and back in the work. day, it was back like in that. The day was like that. Uh, my mother is one of thirteen. That's. It's like my grandmother. Yeah. She had it's like they one just, of thirteen. You know, Catholic rabbit here, man. They just kept popping them out. And back in the day, you needed all those kids to be out there on the field working at the farm. And that's just you know, we own a farm. It's, you know, surprise, surprise. And you criticize <laughs> John of slave ownership. <laughs> hmm. Who owns the plantation, Bobby? Oh, we own that plantation. Who runs the world? Um, but no, this is um it's natural to go with the population will slow down naturally. However, our pension system is not built for that. It was always designed to go up. And this is a problem that uh, a, lot of peop- a lot of municipalities are facing. They don't know where the extra money is going to come in. And you, you tend to see that a lot in, in the wages. You're getting people who are very specialized in and what they do, and they earn a pretty damn good salary for it. While people who don't have the job skills, people who are the past generation, are stuck in a wage that 
doesn't um, meet the criteria for California. And they're the people who are actually leaving. They're just picking up and saying, you know what? I'm going. I'm going somewhere else. My money's better off over here. It's going to be an interesting thing as the baby booming boomer generation gets more of them pour over into the retirement age that it kind of links back to the last segment we talked about cost of living poverty in the state. Are they going to be able to stay right? Because you're talking about depending on how they've saved, how they've invested, what their either pensions or more likely with baby boomers in recent years, 401ks, what kind of lifestyle is that going to be able to support and it makes sense why that's causing them to head towards the Nevadas, the Arizonas, the Idahos, where they get to right. take that pot of money and instantly earn 30% on it simply by moving somewhere else. I think the key to all of it is to have a paid off house. In this state, yeah, in that's this true. State. That's Although true. property tax, you know, Prop 13 is going to be the next thing to get uh, I, yeah. rated. I, I In a future segment, I'm, yeah. Yeah, at it's least the commercial happen, side, right. I'm talking about that. You know, because that is the one thing that kind of keeps you in check these days if you have a paid-off house. So you're always going to have to pay your property taxes. But as soon as property tax starts running rampant, then you're really going to have a problem if you're on a fixed income. But then I wonder, too, and this is a question I'll pose to you guys. Do you think, because, you know, we're in a super blue state here, that the whole get married and have kids is a conservative ideal. And there's just not a lot of people that embrace that lifestyle. Hmm. That's well, a good question. I mean, seeing as we're pushing off having children, we're also pushing off marriage and it happens when it happens. A lot of people, I think their attitude is the leading cause of divorce is marriage. And <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of a strange way to look at it. It's kind of a weird way to look at it, but uh, I think a lot of people feel that why ruin a good relationship by getting married? I mean, they live together already. They're sharing finances, sharing a budget, sharing whatever. And sometimes they even have kids outside of uh, marriage and everything works out and they didn't have to have a, a, a ceremony. They didn't need to bother. And, their families don't even look down upon it anymore. So what's the point? Well, we've made so many legal carve-outs mm-hmm. for people who aren't specifically married that you almost don't need to do it anymore if you are in some kind of committed relationship right. and you live in the same house and you've got X amount of years together. That's right. Common law. The, the law mm-hmm. almost just looks at you like that now. Well, my position about marriage was always like, why is the government interested in in how you marry and who you marry. I always figured it to be a religious ceremony in and of itself. You just stand up before all your friends and family and God and say, that's my soulmate forever and ever. And that's it. That's right. the whole purpose of marriage. I mean, to look at it, I mean, in some ways, right, to, to yeah. look at it from the angle you're talking about goes back to the comment I made earlier about the tax code. At some point, and again, to your point, Bobby they, or Louie, they've, they've tried to do carve outs to even this out, but there were incentives baked in. I mean, it was, it was gov- almost government pushed and sponsored there for a long time. Remember the tax code mm-hmm. married filing jointly turned out better of course, than two single people filing that were happening, happening to live together. And, right? and here's kind of, uh, that's how it kind of folds into the last segment. Mm-hmm. Dole Myers, professor of demography and urban planning at USC, said the slow growth also was due to a lack of housing. 
Mm-hmm. A report this year by the public policy think tank found that California's housing supply law hadn't triggered enough new home building to meet demand. Myers said the housing crunch makes it harder for younger residents to lay down roots and have children. That is especially concerning as California's senior population continues to grow at a fast pace. The state faces numerous budget and policy concerns as those older than 65 make up a larger and larger share of the pop. I'm going to pile on top of that with a statistic. Single family residential homes are 17% below one year uh, earlier in a six month phase ending March 2019. Uh, the constructions were construction itself is down seven percent from a year earlier. We've said this on this show before, but but a, a different angle on what you're talking about. It says, and and I don't think you maybe you said these stats, but estimates show that the state netted seventy seven thousand new units, which is short of the two hundred thousand. That's right. Units. Uh-huh. Uh The department estimated the state needs to add each year. They estimate they need to build three and a half million homes by 2025. In, not going to happen. In this no, state, yeah. there is no way. So they built how many homes last year? Uh, they netted 77,000 new units. 77,000. They needed 200,000. 200,000. <laughs> well, <laughs> a third. Here's, here's <laughs> again, wow. here's what they need. Right. But the problem is when they're creating these homes, Nobody can afford them. Correct. So even if they built the three and a half million homes that you're talking about, no one would buy them because they're too damn expensive. But you know who would buy them? Those rich, very rich people in Silicon Valley so they can rent them out to the people. Uh, Okay, fair. But at some point, oversupply does kick in. I mean, if I built, um, waving the magic wand, right? If I built, thank you appreciate that if i built 30 million new mansions in california they might be mansions but there's 30 million of them well the price is definitely going to be lower right on the 30 million than the first well that's just simple supply demand right well right so at some point that's going to kick in i I, the other thing too is these homes need to get built where there's land to build them and it typically ends up in these suburban areas and then you have to commute into where you're going yep today I didn't even get a full tank on my truck. It clicked off. The pump clicked off at 25 gallons, and I spent $98. <laughs> you hit the credit card limit? Yeah. That's always fun. Ninety, And that, that's on an Amex. You know, I, I think mm. it's even the gas station limit because it wasn't the dollar amount. That was the gallons, 25 gallons. I was 10 gallons short of a full tank at $98. So if you're living out, I mean, I got pushed out to the suburban area. You know, I mean, that I would rather live more in the city center, but... It ain't going to happen. There's no housing or it's old housing or everything needs work, right? So yeah, yeah. when you push everybody out where these homes are being built, sure, beautiful house, but then how much does it cost you to get back to where the jobs are? It's true. Right? And that's back to the, that's back to your point about the concentration of jobs versus the spread of jobs, not only that's in right. type, but location. That's right. You, right? you plop a pretty good paying job in one of those suburbs, they're good. That's they're right. happy. That's in right. fact, you'll get less pollution because the they commute, won't have the to commute, commute anymore, right. right? They'll probably take the bus or bike to work or whatever they got to do. It's very convenient if mm-hmm. they're in those suburbs. <laughs> the same guy from USC, he said, old people are holding in place, but we're losing the younger generation. We're losing potential parents. It is a slow-moving train wreck here. Growth in California has stalled out. That, that deserve, is pretty amazing. That deserves a ba-dum-bum, the train wreck. <laughs> 
There's a saying that goes uh, dropping some knowledge in my town. They go, "You're either uh, newly wed or nearly dead." But there's nothing in the middle there, baby. Uh, L.A. County still has the largest in the state um, of population or population growth. Do they really? Yeah. Is it all homeless? Ooh. Or rats? Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, it totally could be. That's man, sixteen percent. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just looking through some other stats there's, here, seeing what else so is interesting. Homeless in LA, they they outnumber the city I live in. It's so damning. I don't know how they live oh, like that. Let me rephrase this. I need to learn how to read. LA County, the largest county in the state, okay. saw population growth fall to zero percent last year. Ah, okay. So L.A. County didn't grow at all. Mm. That's pretty amazing. That is, I mean, right. Um, I can see this as an upside. What is that upside? The number of residents dropped That's from 10,254,655 oh. in 2016. There are 10 million people in the county of L.A. alone. Yeah. And there's 40 million in the state. Right. That, that's amazing. Right. Isn't it? <laughs> that's amazing. That's, crazy. <laughs> that's why when people talk about LA going off popular vote, totally. there's 40 million blue votes right there. It's right? why the Dems won. It's so bad. Oh, to- so yeah. bad. Basically, three states would lock up the oh. the entire uh, country. I mean, look at just population of, if you took LA County's 10 million, <laughs> how many <laughs> tiny states does that equal? Oh, my goodness. I don't think Wyoming cracks a million. I don't think. I don't know. I'd have to look I don't, at I don't it. think it does. I don't want to get another listener irate email yeah. for us being uneducated. I, <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure Iowa is under a million if I've, I put. No, again, I did. Yeah. I think you're right. Quick Google search. Hurry. I know. Hurry. All right. You guys want another crossfire? Or you want uh, a topic? I say topic. This I think the last topic you got is kind of. All right. Kind of interesting. Gaming the system. Mm-hmm. Uber and Lyft face a driver reckoning in California. This comes from NBC News. For Uber and Lyft drivers, among others, the law would mean a bevy of legal rights and protections, including better pay, benefits, and the ability to unionize. So San Francisco, where these companies are based, California's lawmakers on Wednesday took their first major step towards settling the debate about whether Uber and Lyft drivers are employees or contractors. The state assembly passed AB5, which would enshrine a 2018 California Supreme Court ruling that laid out a three-part ABC test to determine when a worker can be considered a contractor, factoring in the kind of work being done in the business of the hiring company. So this goes back to kind of the multi-year debate now for Mm -hmm. Uber drivers Mm -hmm. on whether they are independent contractors or they are employees. And Uber and Lyft, Uber in particular, has always maintained that they are just a Software company right. providing software to link up riders they're, with drivers. Their customers are the drivers. Right. The driver's customers are the passengers. Right. Okay. What, what the what the drivers happen to use the Uber software for, oh, interesting. Okay. Now, it, it's, it goes into the criteria of what is an employee and what is a contractor and all that kind of good stuff. Does Uber tell them? When they should have a shift. No. And no, they don't. So they incentivize by providing more money at a particular time period, like rush hour, for example. Maybe they need more 
more drivers at 3 a.m. because that's when the clubs get out. So what I hear from drivers, now I'm for them being independent contractors. Totally. Uh, but what I hear from drivers is the fact that they don't know the destination means that they're an employee because an independent contractor knows the work and the scope of what's being performed ahead of time. So You are going to drive. Right. You are going to drive a passenger. So I'm what, just guessing that they understand that portion mm. of it. What people don't, I don't think, realize is when you say, I want to go from A to B, the driver doesn't know B until you get in the car and the ride's in motion. I argue that's, that's, that's a falsehood. When I turn on that app, I go, I want to go from here to there. And the Uber driver goes, you know what? I will take that fare, and I will click the button, and I will go pick you up, and I will take you to your destination. They know beforehand. That's I don't. No, no, they don't know your destination. They don't know, know your destination. Fact. No, they don't. They they know they're picking you up, and they know what the fare could be, but they don't know that. Mm. Oh, they're driving you to LAX. But they but they have a sense of the fare that they're about to get. Right, but okay. but it doesn't allow them the logistics to say okay A to B, and then where B is, there, there's reasonable to, pickups. Right. There. Do I want to end up in B? Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, part of it. You know, just look at Santa Barbara, for instance. Right. You get picked up in Santa Barbara. You don't know you're having to drive all the way to Ivy to drop somebody off when the market's hopping in Santa Barbara. I got it. And the fares yeah. might not be that much different between dropping someone off at like Upper State or IV, depending on. I got what it. the time of day is not to the point where it's like five bucks or 40 bucks. No, it's just not that great of a span. Right. Or even in LA, if you're going over the hill or to the Valley or you downtown. Know, I, uh, now that you, uh, now that you say such a thing, I didn't know that they didn't kn- that the drivers didn't know where they were being taken. And if you keep getting the wrong kind of passengers where they're, Leading a leading you away from your uh, base of operations, can squash into, your night. Especially if you live in like Los Angeles, you can keep going from city to city to city, and then you end up uh, five cities away, and you got to drive back home at the end of your shift, or drive back to where people are. You know, exactly. you, you pick up a ride in L.A. and it's taking you all the way to Valencia or Santa Clarita. But I would argue, you know, most taxis operate in the same manner. But they're an employee. You show up for your shift and. Most yeah. of them are contractors. They I'm, own their own car. No. Yeah, this this is going to be particularly greedy of me to ask this question or to seem greedy, but um but even if I don't know the destination, right? Don't these people never have to open the app. They never have to drive. I mean, oh true. Well, and so I don't, my argument cuz I'll spend time in the there's an Uber drivers Reddit Oh, yes, right. And you get a ton of input on their thoughts and feelings. And there is a general, uh, anecdotally, it seems like just as many people that want to remain independent contractors versus those that want to become employees. Because the independent contractors, you have a good thing going. You get to work whenever you want. Right. No one tells you what to do. You can choose not to accept drivers. You can choose not to accept riders. You can choose not to accept somebody because they have a dog. But as soon as you become an employee... You know how like rules and SOPs and things that you need to follow. Right. And a shift. Right. And maybe you just make a base wage and you don't actually get a chance to make some kind of increased based on time. And, you know, there's going to be another, I'm trying to remember if this article suggested this. I think they talked about this. There's going to be another factor at play here in that both of these companies are now public, publicly traded. And so their finances are under different levels of scrutiny 
And right. they're going to need to start earning a profit here pretty soon. Yeah. So in that, they've already announced, they announced this last week, that since they went public, Uber has lost more than $1 billion in its first three months of 2019. Bingo. Because they, yeah. they, they had to give earnings. And, um, when everybody talked about, there was so much drama wrapped up in their IPO. <laughs> right. Right. Big time. And now they're seeing it. But, but we've also seen that these tech companies, what makes them work is operating at a loss. Like what their benefit is, is that they could be something. As That's soon right. as they are something, then people know what they really are. And it's a speculative investing. I'm not the finance wizard on here, but that's how it's always been explained to me with the Facebooks and Twitters. It's these guys operate at a loss. What, how does it work? Well, it's they could be something one day so people continue to invest. And it's true from a, te- from a software technology perspective. They have, gr- they have some interesting intellectual property right. wrapped up in that. But like someone's made the comment a few years back, so far... Uber is simply just a bunch of venture capitalists that have subsidized taxi rides. Yeah. Right? I mean, they've literally never made a profit, and it's been all of this. They're public now. I get it. But rewind the clock six months ago. All of these venture capitalists have literally subsidized and covered the spread between what gets charged and what it costs to run the company. And they're ginormous legal battles. Right. They face a legal battle almost everywhere they open up shop. Right. Right. And I don't think people realize, too, how much of the ride is subsidized. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. To make it worth it for the rider and make it worth it for the driver. Exactly. Well, Ubering is a term now. I mean, that's right. Yeah. It's a verb. It's a verb. It's like you, Googling. It's like the Google machine. You know, John, to your point, you were saying that, uh, you know, the drivers don't have to pick up anybody. Right. It even has your score as a passenger. Oh, I've seen that. Yes. That's right. Do you know your score, John? Don't have a clue. I don't, dude. I'm. I challenge to, you to open up your app and see what your score is. I, I looked up mine. You have a you have a one out of ten. <laughs> Four point seven one out of five. Somebody didn't rate you five stars though. Somebody didn't rate me five stars. Ooh, what'd you do? Uh, I called him a biscuit. I don't know. Oh, okay. uh, something like that. I take offense. Um, I'm curious what happens with this because Gavin Newsom is very. Uh, uh, what's of course he is very labor friendly. Of course, right. He's very union friendly. Um, very power and less vote if you friendly. had a real job. That's obviously. true. That's right. So I'm really curious how any of this works. You know, every time agree. they've tried to unofficially organize some kind of walkout, all it does is other drivers take advantage of the drivers that aren't driving. Yeah. You know, um, from, from, a, from a pure corporate perspective, Amazon, for example, they found their profit center in web services. It still has nothing to do with products, right? right? AWS. So who knows? This may pivot into uh, Uber Cargo or something, may become some sort of profit center. Well, they're doing Uber Eats and all those other things, but it still relies on a driver too. Totally. And I think even even Amazon is dabbling into independent drivers delivering packages. Or cargo. and And that may be where these guys find actual people willing to pay and almost subsidize the taxi rides that you and I take. Right. Amazon is looking into getting drones. Screw the drivers. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Well, every, Get rid of the people. Everyone's going to automate. Get right. rid of the people. It's true. Because the people become a problem. <laughs> come, to, <laughs> come to our packaging center. You exactly. Know? This come is to our be, packaging center. You pick it up. Now we have to deal with... Uh, this is going to be Will Smith and iRobot all over again. Right, exactly. Three laws time. All right. 
that is it. Ta-da. Another episode down. Nicely done. Thank you for listening. Tell a friend, as Bobby says. Tell many friends. Hey. Find us on Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, our website, calistreaming.com. You can listen to us there. You can download the episodes, participate in discussion. We're on, we're on the Facebook. Speaking on the of, Facebook. Speaking of tech juggernauts. Um, and Bobby, in case they're a new listener and and they don't know their marching orders for this week. Their marching orders is to send us listener mail so that we can get John to be woke and help us burn it all down. <laughs>